Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Monique. And welcome to Is Marriage Worth It? We are just two single chicks, girls, women, anything but females, trying to figure out what marriage is like and is it worth it? I'm assuming the best place to get the answers is from married people, maybe engaged people, newlyweds, and even other singles. Each episode, we will have a guest answering different questions we have or that you may have about marriage. Join us as we try to figure out, is marriage worth it? And if it is, I wonder if my future husband or yours is listening right now. Hi, I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And welcome back to another episode of Is Marriage Worth It? Our guest today is Sister Isom. We both know her from church. My mom actually was the one that suggested her to be on the podcast. So I reached out and she gladly said yes. So thank you so much, Sister Isom, for being a part of the podcast. You're welcome. So to kick things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. I am... My name is Eleanor Elaine Isom, and I'm 81 years old. I've been married, my first husband, 36 years. He died of a heart attack. My second husband, I had divorced him after a year and a half. I lived in, I've traveled around Kentucky, Bloomington, uh, 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 Tennessee, and up here in Illinois after my husband died. And so I'm retired. I've been retired for, I retired when I was in my early 50s. And uh, so I love crochet, well, not crochet, craft making things, reading. I don't read as much anymore because of my eyes, but uh uh, you know, crossword puzzles and things like that. I like doing it. So, so with your first husband, how did you guys meet? All right. My first time meeting him, he was a janitor at high school. When I was in high school, I was in the 12th grade. So he was I, a janitor while you were in high school? Yes. I didn't go with him or anything like that. I just knew of him and his family. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when did you, I guess, re-meet, meet again as a love interest? Okay. After I graduated from high school, I stayed home for half a year. Then I moved to uh, New York City with my cousin. I lived on Rhode Island, and before then, I had lived in um, the Bronx and different places. And then I moved to uh, uh, the island there, Uh, and uh, I worked at uh, Macy's. I worked in the uh, business department there with, uh, I was, uh, I done money. You know, how you keep the books and stuff like that. So I lived up there for uh, two and a half years. When I came, I decided I didn't like New York City. So I came back to Richmond, Indiana, where I'm born. And uh, I moved back there. And then I started working 
at uh, Nettle Creek, which was a great big factory that made expensive uh, drapes, uh, quilts, and pillowcases, shams, and things like that. And he was a quilter. You know what that is? Uh, he oh. stood up and he used the machine that made your designs on your quilts. And uh, they hired me as a presser. When he got done, I had to press them all. And so I had this okay. iron, steam, steam iron. And so uh, I knew his family. And so when we go to lunch, we just said hi to each other. And then finally we start to talk. And, and then we just started to getting closer. And so we started dating. So did he ask you out? Did you ask him out? How did that work? He, he asked me out. And and I told him, I said, uh, only if you can afford to feed me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't want no just hamburger and a drink. I want ham because back then uh it wasn't McDonald's, it was uh a drive-in place. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the name, girls, but you could drive in and they had French fries, hamburgers, milkshakes, and desserts. And so I told him I want all of it. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, okay. And so we went out to eat there. I can't think of the name of that part. What's the, uh, well, it has uh, a statue Sonic, of maybe? Fat boy holding a oh. hammer. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Um. Can't remember the name of it. But anyhow, so he took me out, and that's what I had, and he had a Coke. <laughs> Because by the time I got through, he didn't have any money left. So uh, so uh, he said, uh, you know, said, I can tell you like to eat, so you must be able to cook. And I said, I cook very well. And he said, so I would like another date. And so we dated again. And then after that, uh, we dated for about mm, six months and decided to get married. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Within six months? Yes, yes. Because we had known each other before and then, you know, and knew our families and stuff. And so we decided six months we were going to get, you know, he asked me to marry him. And so, we, but we didn't set a date. Okay. We just uh, called ourselves engaged. We didn't set a date. So, cause we weren't no hurry. Okay. And then, uh, I ended up, let's see a year after we dated, I ended up getting pregnant and that's when we went ahead and got married at the church. Ah, okay. Uh -huh. but we so, were married 36 years. So when you guys got engaged, did you tell your parents, your siblings? Well, or friends? Uh, I was adopted, so uh, my siblings, I didn't know, but a few of them. So, no, my mother, that my adopted mother, we told her, which she knew, knew all the way through the engagement and everything. But the thing was that I had gotten pregnant then. Mm -hmm. and, and so that moved our date up. 
Okay. Uh-huh. And so his parents came to the wedding and uh, his, uh, my uncle and one of his sisters and my stepdad and my uh, uh, my adopted dad and um, my uh, adopted mom came. Mm-hmm. And was I was it? late for the wedding. You, you were late? late? <laughs> Why? I, I was about five minutes late. Oh, that's <laughs> not too bad. He said he was getting cold feet, and if I hadn't showed up, he was going to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. So we thought that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like planning a wedding having to move up the timeline a lot faster than you had previously thought? Well, we weren't going to have a big wedding anyway. Uh, so I'm. we were just going to have a small church wedding because at that time, I wasn't really church going that much. And, uh, and so, uh, and he didn't go church at all. And so we still were planning on getting married at the Justice of the Peace. But we end up getting the pastor of the church was the church that I had went to occasionally with my mom. And I still remember his name, Pastor Woods. And uh, so when I told him, he said he would bury us. And so that's why we got married at the church. And it was just our few families. Mm-hmm. So what was the first year of marriage like for you? Well, uh, girls, uh, it was... I did not go in like normal, big love and all that, because I had a hard life growing up. My mother had 16 kids and uh, yeah, and she didn't want none of us. So we were all taken away and the ones that weren't taken away left home. So by the time I was the youngest girl and my brother was the youngest boy. So the by at the time we left, we were taken away by foster home and we were in there for less than a year. And uh, the lady that adopted me, uh, the people that had me on the farm had started going to this church. And so that's where I met my adopted mother. And so, uh, okay. uh, so uh, I forgot my question. <laughs> uh, was what was the first year of marriage like? Okay, and so, uh, so when I went into marriage, I wanted children, and so I didn't care nothing about so much love and all that dream stuff. I just, I matter of fact, my I told him that uh, when I married him, that he had to make sure my our children were taken care of, the lights were never turned off, never without food, and uh, and provide a provider. I didn't care what else he done. That that was the law, and so uh, so. Uh, he promised that, and that's all I asked of him. Mm-hmm. 
because he had already had two other chil- two other children, two girls. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did the girls ever stay with you guys, or did they just stay with their moms? They stayed with their moms, but I made I knew their moms because one uh, one of the mothers I had went to school with, and she was a year younger than me. And the other woman was uh, about three years older than me, three, four years older than me. So I knew them all. And okay. so I'm sure that when I married him, I got close to the kids and they call me mom to this day. Uh-huh. So we have a close relationship. Mm-hmm. May nice. I ask what the mm-hmm. age difference was between you and your husband? Three years. Three years. Oh, okay. His birthday was June 20th and mine was June 27th. Oh, that's so close. Isn't that something? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, So he was a hard worker. I give that to him. He never missed a day, never took vacations or anything like that. So he was a very good provider. So I know you said you wanted to be, I guess you wanted be, to be more of a mom than a wife. Right. Uh-huh. So that, how did you find the balance? Well, it was easy. I didn't work. Uh, my kids are, uh, the first two were three years apart because mm-hmm. I didn't trust men and I wasn't going to be like my mother and have a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. So. I'm planned on three years apart for the first two. And then the last one, I decided I wouldn't have no more. So I had four years apart with that last one. And so I always love to keep a house clean and cook and wash clothes and all that. And so I love doing that. And I still love doing it. I can't do it anymore because I have tremors and uh and uh, bad arthritis and stuff. Mm. So I don't cook or anything anymore. Just a little bit. That's it. But back then, I done it all. I Every weekend, I tore my house apart and cleaned it and scrubbed the white wood and the floors and the curtains and all that stuff. So made everything from scratch. I can, froze, and done the mm-hmm. whole night. Uh-huh. So I enjoyed doing all of that. Mm-hmm. And I made domestic clothes. goddess. Mm-hmm. And I made clothes. I taught myself how to do everything because I didn't work. And I taught myself to sew. So I made the kids clothes and and taught myself computer, printer, and all that. And make things and ceramics. And so everything I done, I taught myself. Oh wow. I was Rab, uh, avid reader. I read four books a day, and uh, and so I really enjoyed being a, a mother. Mm-hmm. But like that, I enjoyed being a mother. I uh, uh, didn't enjoy so much being a wife because uh, my husband wasn't home. Mm-hmm. He was a legion and an elks when he when he wasn't working. He stayed there most time. Mm -hmm. So my joy was kid, my kids. Mm -hmm. 
And I had a home where all their kids would come there and I feed them and <laughs> play games. And then I started uh, being a babysitter for different women who worked. Oh, okay. So I babysat for about four kids. Uh-huh. All uh, out, uh, only one that was in second grade. The rest were out school, wasn't in school yet. They were oh, babies. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how often was he home? I know you said he was out a lot, but how often was he uh, home? He he would uh he would eat breakfast, get up, and go to the club till it's time to come home and eat and go to work. And he worked second shift and he'd get off at two o'clock and he was the manager of the Legion, so he would have to go down there and close up. Then then we didn't close the Legion and the Elks till three in the morning. Oh wow. So so he would come home after he closed the club. And then he get up, eat breakfast and do the same thing again. And he never drank during the week. And then on the weekend the clubs would be open till six in the morning. And uh Goodness. so he gone that long. And I then I didn't go because my kids were little, you know. Mm-hmm. The only time I went when they had Christmas parties and stuff like that. Then when the kids got older, then I would go and um, me and my girlfriend, because uh, we didn't run together or anything because we were busy taking care of our kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when they got in college, that's when they started, let's say after mine, Youngest one graduated uh, before he graduated when he went to high school. It's when I started working. And so uh, I helped put him through school. Uh oh. Oh, goodness. Are we off? No, we're still on. Oh, I can't see you. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Let me decline this phone call. Okay. Okay. No worries. There. There There we go. And, um, so, um, so, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Um, you put your youngest through college. Yeah. So I took, took, took my oldest boy and my youngest boy, what the, uh, the, you know, the, what's those things they get to help put them through school, college, uh, great, great uh, things. Grants, scholarships. Through scholarships so what the college scholarship didn't pay for I paid for and uh bought the books and stuff because he didn't want me to work and so since he didn't want me to work I wouldn't pay for nothing in the house mm-hmm. so uh I paid for the college because I said since you don't want me to work then I ain't giving you nothing for the house <laughs> uh, so after the kids graduated from college and everything, and then uh, I just used the money for me. Mm-hmm. For your crafts and such. That's right. That's right. If they don't want you to work, they don't need the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great life lesson. I take that to heart. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. So after the children um, graduated from college, was there a shift in your marriage or did it pretty much stay the same? It 
there was a shift because then uh, I was holding myself to a different standard till my kids got grown, you Mm -hmm. know, school. Because I was like, now I told my kids they had to finish school. They couldn't quit or nothing like that. They had to finish. And uh, so then when they when the boys graduate from college, while they were in there, I sent all their when they got in the last grade, I sent their beds and everything to them. (laughs) They couldn't come home now unless they were working or uh, uh, come home and graduated and had a job. They mm-hmm. could come home and just stay. Mm-hmm. And so after they done that, that's uh, when I decided they graduated and done good. And they both, uh, one's a probation officer here up in Chicago. And uh, he's a head prob- probation officer. And then my other, he works for, you know, the IU College in Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's the head counselor there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And he's been there for years. And so uh, so when they uh, got their jobs and stuff, then I decided my duty was done. My daughter, she had had two kids, and she ended up having three. And she moved out of Richmond to Tennessee. And so I've considered my job done. And so, uh, so... I let him do what he wanted to do. And I went to the clubs on the weekend. <laughs> uh-huh. And so he didn't like that at all. But uh, it didn't matter because I considered my job done. Uh-huh. So uh, we more or less stayed together because uh, we weren't neither one was going anywhere. Oh, OK. But I wasn't going to be under his thumb no more because he had laws that a woman for him needs to be home kids and all that stuff you know so it was fine with me because that's what I wanted right Mm -hmm. and so when uh, I got my kids grown then I feel I didn't know him anything so I done what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. so so I so uh, I think marriage is a different thing. I mm-hmm. think it's different for different people. Uh, I don't think it's good. There's a love, but there it's not good to love someone so much that you put yourself second. Mm-hmm. It should be an equal thing. You should know that marriage means always your kids will come first. Your husband will be there, but it'll never be an equal opportunity thing. So you should never get married and you already went to college and got this education and all that. You should never marry a man that wants you to put that aside Mm -hmm. for anything else. Because uh, you marry a man that he don't have to been to college, but you don't want to marry somebody that uh, consider don't consider what you've done uh, equal value. 
or more because that ends up being a a, a wrath between you, you know. Mm-hmm. It, he wants you to do what he wants you to do when you, he wants you to do. And you never want to go in a marriage like that. It should be equally all the way around. You should be able to, uh, both of you, when he's working, mm-hmm. you should be doing whatever you can in the house. When he comes home, he should be doing whatever he can in the house. It should be not just all you mm-hmm. or all him. I know women who wouldn't do nothing and it's all the man. So, but either way, it should not be. And you always should hold yourself high esteem because you're as good as he is. Yes, ma'am. So when you're dating, you never, 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 you always check the guy. Mm-hmm. If you see him, he claim he going to college and all that, but you never seen with books, you never seen him studying. Mm-hmm. That he's not there for nothing. <laughs> you don't want that kind of man. That's true. Uh huh. And when you go out, you don't want a man that's just scope and watch him. You don't have stare. You can, you know how you have a pro where you can look straight ahead and see everything around you. Mm-hmm. If you can't train yourself and that way you look and see what they're doing. Cause From they'll, the right. You, they'll make signals at each other and all that. And they make it a game. Mm. And you don't want a man that's in for games. You you want a man that's in for real. And don't never go into marriage thinking um, that uh, you owe this, you owe that. Don't have children because that's a life commitment. Even when they get older, your heart is still there. They get in, need this, need that. You're going to try to get it and help them. But don't have kids that, like I see, that are so spoiled Mm -hmm. that you can't do nothing with them and they don't want to mind. And you don't wait till they're no seven and eight years old. You start when they're young. You say, how do you correct a baby crawling and beginning to walk? You can. Mm -hmm. It got little legs and they got little hands that you can just lightly tap and say no. No, no, no. Because if you don't, when Mm -hmm. they get like 10, 8, 7, it's too late. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to look at you, think it's funny, and keep on. Then when they get teenagers, you can't control them at all. And so it's it's not funny. And you're Mm going to find out it's not funny. Because how, when you get older my age and what now how you gonna control and make a daughter or a son respect you and not go in your purse take what they want take do what the way they want take your car and all that that starts when they're little yes ma'am mm-hmm. like your mother has raised beautiful kids both of you you wouldn't be there that like you are if she didn't correct you so, you know, you say, my nieces and nephews are so sweet. Don't do this. You ain't going to do that. <laughs> yeah, better. Somebody better because you don't want to see them grow up 
and be the kind of kids that's always in trouble or think they deserve everything because they don't deserve everything. You got to work for stuff. Yes, ma'am. And they got to learn that they got to work for things. You don't give them any and everything. You give them little jobs to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a man don't own you. You're equal. You don't want a man that's going to tell you what to do and think pulling you or playing, hitting on you and all that is fun or acceptable because it's not. No, ma'am. He don't tell you what you can do and what you can't do. You already know what you can't do as a right child of God. You don't need him to tell you what you can't do. And you don't want a man that doesn't believe in God and tell you, oh, I'll go to church when we get married or when we start dating. You don't want that kind of man. You want a man that's already there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, any questions on anything like that? I'm willing to answer everything. <laughs> um, when your first husband passed, what was that like for you and the children? Well, my children were grown and they weren't home. Mm-hmm. They were out working already uh, in their jobs because when he died, they had graduated from college and both had their jobs. Mm-hmm. I was home. I had went and paid a bill. And I came back and he had just had surgery about six months. He had heart surgery because he smoked heavily and he drunk. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he had heart surgery and then uh, he had uh, uh, mm, what you call it, a big aneurysm on his back in his lower back around his kidney and stuff. And uh, it was about to burst. So I rushed him to the hospital because he was having pains in his chest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when he got there, they said he was having a heart attack and they had to give him surgery. But when they took an x-ray and found out he had that aneurysm. So it was about the bust. So I had signed a paper saying if he died from either one, I wouldn't mm-hmm. sue him. But they oh, had okay. to do the aneurysm first because mm-hmm. he would have died trying to do the heart thing. It would have busted. Mm-hmm. And so they done that and he survived it and they waited a week and then they gave him he stayed in the hospital. Then a week later they gave him his he had to have uh uh like a stent put in? Yeah, three stents. Yeah. And uh so he recovered well. He done good. He was recovered well and everything. He was home. I stayed home with him all the time. And he was doing so well that we decided I'd go pay pennies and come right back. That's a bill, a store, pennies. Mm-hmm. And so I ran, uh, drove there, paid that, and came back. And he had medicine he'd take. You know those pills you put under your tongue? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I came back, I said, how did you do? And he said, I done good. And I looked at him and I looked at his feet and they were swollen so big. Mm. And I said, your feet are swollen way past they should be. I said, come on, I'm going to take you to the hospital. Well, he didn't tell me he had taken Three of those nitrogen 
else under his tongue the whole time I was gone, one after another, because he was having such hard pain. And so when I got him up, you know, thinking his feet was just swollen, didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. When I got him to the door, which was just a few steps away, he collapsed right there on the floor. They stand. So I had to call the ambulance and he actually died there on the floor. And they tried to uh, resuscitate him. Yeah. And then they cut a hole in his throat and put a tube in there, but he never came to. Mm -hmm. So that's what he, how he died. Uh Yeah. And we have been married 36 years then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so after he passed, how long until you got remarried? A year and a half. And I uh, I didn't marry no one in Richmond, Indiana, because in Richmond is a smaller town, and mm-hmm. I was related to everybody there. <laughs> My my people are from Hazard, Kentucky. Okay. And uh, everybody there in Richmond was related to me. They were all cousins and aunts and uncles and all that. And the ones weren't related to me, were related to him. And then the others I knew that were his friends or friends of mine. And I never liked dating friends of friends or your husband's friends or friends I knew and all that. So, yeah. So I went online and dated. And so I had about six men and I eliminated them. I put them through all the same tests because you could tell if they lied after a while, if you date, you know, like Mm -hmm. for a year, right? And you could pick up on the lies and catch them in lies. And then if they uh, uh, you can't call them or you write them and take too long to answer your question stuff, you know, they're writing somebody else, too. And so I finally met this guy. He was originally from Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and lived in uh, uh, in Kentucky, okay. a small in Kentucky, worked at a good factory, and uh, he was part German and part something else. And uh, real seemed to be a real nice guy. We talked, like I said, for about oh, almost a, well a year online. Then we talked later for about five months. And he came all the way from Kentucky to date me and take me out to eat and all that. We like the same things, which I like auctions and yard sales and mm-hmm. things. I I don't like expensive stuff. I like secondhand stuff and, you know, just shopping like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so he wasn't into gambling. He didn't like to go out and party. He didn't drink. He didn't do none of that. So we got to know each other. And I thought, wow, this is the perfect guy. You know, he does all the things my husband didn't do. And so we dated and went to eat. And he took me to Kentucky. And uh, and uh, we shopped around and whatnot. But I never met his people. But so I'm down you, you always meet their families mm-hmm. before you get married. 
head and don't listen to their lies of why. Mine told me that uh, his people were in Columbus, Ohio, and she wasn't his mom wasn't well, so she couldn't travel mm-hmm. and all that. And then when we planned our wedding, she wouldn't come to the wedding because I was the Seventh-day Adventist. They were Catholic and okay. all of that, but he didn't go to church. And uh, so there was always excuse like that. So we got married at a Seventh-day Adventist church in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And... um was it in Kentucky or Tennessee? No, it was in Tennessee because then I lived in Tennessee. Oh, okay. And so it was in Tennessee, the church I was going to in Tennessee. So we got married and then we moved to Kentucky. And oh, so, okay. uh huh. So while we were in Kentucky, we were married. We were married a year and a half. Uh, then he said his mom couldn't, wouldn't come because I was seven days in. His friends and brothers couldn't come because of this, that, and the other. Well, he finally, after being married for about mm, a year, let's see, we were married for a year, almost two years, year mm-hmm. and a half, almost two years. He took me to Columbus, Ohio to meet his mom. And so I told her, we got to talk, and I said, I'm so sorry that you wouldn't come to the wedding because I was the Seventh-day Adventist. And she said, who told you that? I said, your son. And she said, I haven't seen my son for a year or longer. This first time I seen him for longer than a year. That's what she said. Mm. And he never told me he was getting married. He never told me nothing about you or anything and said, I would have came to the wedding. It didn't matter to me whether you're black, white, green or purple, what mm-hmm. church you belong to or anything. I would have came. And his sister, she said, yeah, said, and me too, said, I didn't know nothing about it. And then while we were there, we were staying at her house while we were there. The mom's uh, house or the sister? Sister's house. Okay. Uh, so early in the morning, we were in the kitchen, Her sis, his sister and I mm-hmm. cooking breakfast. And she said, you got any grandkids? I said, yes, because I'm uh, six years older than him. Oh, okay. Okay. And I said, yes, I got grandbabies you know, girls and boys. Mm-hmm. She said, well, if you have him around you, you watching around the kids. I said, what do you mean watching around the kids? She said, cause he was married to his wife for uh 30 some years. Mm-hmm. And he, she had seen her, their girl away cause he was molesting them. <gasps> and so, and then he was, with this other woman for uh, about uh, three years, and he tried to molest her kids, and she divorced him. And this was oh. the, his, his, his kids. He was a child molester, and he was a habitual liar. So I bought my kids down, but I watched them. Then I decided I couldn't take the chance, so I mm-hmm. wouldn't let them down. So I would travel. And go, I drive to Tennessee to see my grandkids. That's where mm-hmm. they were. And uh, so 
then I found out he left his computer unblocked one year. Well, before then, I bought me an HHR car. You know what HHR is? No, ma'am. Oh, okay. It's a medium-sized, cute little car. Look at that. It's adorable. Okay. And, uh, uh, so I bought me one of them. And he had a cute um, sports car, red. Nothing wrong with it. Then he decided he wanted to drive my car, so he messed his up, sold it. And then, uh, uh, so I waited and I told him, I said, after uh, so many months, I said, you better get something to drive because I don't want you driving my car all the time. I want mm-hmm. my car. So he bought this truck, which he would, it was in good shape, but he always claimed something was wrong with it. Then he messed around and lost his job on purpose, a good factory job, making good money. Mm-hmm. He wanted to stay home and not work. And I was paying all the bills except for I wouldn't buy I wouldn't pay for TV. So he went and got dish, uh, dish. So mm-hmm. that's the thing he paid for. I paid for everything else. And so uh, so I was like, for uh, OK. I, and another thing, I still didn't love him because I don't believe I'm afraid in putting love out there. Mm. So I've never been in love except with my kids and Mm -hmm. that because I don't trust nobody like that. Okay. And uh, uh, so so, uh, one time he went to work that's where he lost his job, okay? Mm-hmm. And the computer was up. And he had his computer and I had mine. And so I clicked on it. And there he was looking at, he had, he was doing, pro, pro, what'd you call it? Looking Pornography? At, yeah. And it was no girls over 13. Oh, God. And uh, so that's what he was doing. So I knew already knew it was true what his sister told me and mm-hmm. whatnot. But that proved it was. And then I went to the dating sites and he still had his name up there single. Mm. Uh-huh. And then I looked for insurance policies. He had his mom's name on the insurance policy, not mine. Mm. And all that stuff. So I said, well, you know what? Uh I don't really care but the pornography you know or whatever you call it mm-hmm. i care about that because that very much know. uh-huh and uh so that was ground for divorce and then uh he he lost his job and he waited and waited and so i told him i said look you have four more months to get a job else i'm leaving so he went to Walmart and got him a job. And I said, you've been white, smart. It's no sense you working at Walmart. That's because you don't want to work. Mm-hmm. So you put your standards down. You don't settle. If you know they can do better, they do better. But you do all that before you even marry them. Okay. Right. So, so, uh, so I told him, I said, you don't want to do better. 
So I said, that's okay. And so I said, uh, he said, well, you're not going to leave me. I said, oh, okay. I said, uh, when we first got married, I told him, now you never dated a black woman or anything. I said, and I'm from the hills of Kentucky. I have no fear. I'm not scared of nobody. <laughs> and that I tell him. Yeah, I don't I want you to know nobody touches me. And uh so that means you keep your hands to yourself at all times. And that means that if we do get in a fight, I know how to use the weapons. You know, because I always had a I I always carried an ice pit. Uh, uh, what they called uh, the long switchblades. And I always, uh, uh, the switchblades, the ice pick, and razor, a razor. And so, and then when I got married, I knew we had pistols. Uh, okay. And, uh-huh. So I told him, I said, and I don't mind hurting you. If it means you or me, I don't look at this thing that I don't want to hurt them and all that because mm-hmm. they're going to hurt me. I'm going to make sure I get you first. And so I told him that. So so he never touched me. Or he, he may got angry and stormed out, but he never tried to storm uh, hit me or anything like that. Okay. And, and so I decided I said, well. I see that when he was at Walmart, I drive Tennessee, which is far from Kentucky. Right. I, right. Uh, and I stayed two and three, uh, two weeks at my granddaughter's house with the grandkids. And so one time I come back and men are slick. Anytime you have a man that when you go away, as soon as you come back, he was sex. He's checking to make sure you haven't had sex with anybody. Oh. And and so, and then when they, same thing with them, if they go away and they come back, and you're now I'm talking about marriage, mm-hmm. away and they come back and they don't touch you for a week or two, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I came back and he was one, every time I go away, he wants... Because I'm with all the black people, my friends, my cousins and all mm-hmm. that. Make sure. So I came back and he said, do you mind if we don't have sex or anything? I'm tired. Hmm. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. OK. I'm fine. And then I found out he was going with some woman at the uh, Walmart. And the and she, and a woman, when she's messing with your man, she's okay for a while, but then mm-hmm. she wants you to know she's messing with him every time. Uh huh. So she left little things in the car and whatnot, and I didn't say anything. But then I knew that was my clue, right? Mm-hmm. That was my clue. I said, okay, I got enough evidence. You're molesting kids. Divorce. Mm-hmm. You're me- got another woman. Divorce. So when he left for work with my car, I called my boys. I said, "Come up, whatever day you want. 
and pick me up. And they said, I'll be there this weekend, both of them. They came with a great big U-Haul. We packed my stuff up. I went by there, picked up my car, which I paid for. I Mm -hmm. paid insurance and everything. You never, even when you're married, you always keep you money somewhere. Yes. You never put it all together. You don't let them know where it's at. You, uh, if it's in another bank, you, you, uh, you let them know you got another bank account, but you always have money stashed somewhere else and never let them know where it's at. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and so, uh, I went, when he was at work, I went and got my car because I paid everything on that car insurance. It was my car. Mm-hmm. Everything in my name. So when he got off of work that night, he worked second. He called and he's like, where's the car? I can't get home. I said, I got it. What do you mean you got it? I said, I'm gone. He said, where you go? I said, but I'm gone back to I'm going to Illinois to stay with my kids. Well, I thought we had a good marriage. I said, that's what you get for thinking. <laughs> uh, so uh so I so I left and then when I left, I left my filing cabinet with addresses and everything there. And he started writing friends of mine and calling them and tell them I had lost my mind and I was this and I was that. And and he was and then he called me trying to threaten me and whatnot. So I lived in I didn't come here. I lived in Columbus, Bloomington with my son Mm -hmm. and his wife. They took she took me to the courthouse and I filed against him a thing where he couldn't talk to me for two years. Restraining order. Restraining order. Yeah. And so he didn't for a while. And then he started uh, writing people again. And and my friends sent the letters to me. So I took them back to the courthouse. So they sent a man down there. And they told him if he even blanked my way, they would put him in jail and said, and this is Kentucky, people disappear. Uh huh. And so uh, I put another restraining order against him for three years. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard from him since. But what I tell you, the Lord will take care of you because mm-hmm. then I was in church good before I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I was church good. And he had a massive stroke where he had to read, uh, walk, talk and everything all over again. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, don't, I don't know how he is now. I don't. Uh, he can't contact me and I don't contact or care where he's at so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I've been away from him for about eight years now so I haven't dated for eight years or nothing like that for eight years so okay so uh really we're divorced or whatever you want to call it now so I figure if he wants a legal divorce he can send a paper they'll find me and I'll sign it but I ain't paying money to do it. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, because I'm not interested in getting married again. I'm not interested in nothing. And uh, and I'm not n- near interested in him no more. So 
uh-uh. So, so that's the way that is. Uh, so I still go. I never changed my name. I still got my first husband's name. Oh, okay. Because that kept him from getting my social security and all that, going through all that. Mm. Get my insurance check. They told me that I didn't have changed my last name. I signed his name, use his name when we got married, use his name for different things that we do. Mm-hmm. That, uh, don't change my social security and all that. So that's why I did. So I didn't have to go through all the hassle. I still got to get my social security check and everything. Okay. And I still have last name of Ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Yep. That is a wild story. <laughs> well, that's to be frank. <laughs> and if I told you about my single life and what I had to go through, uh, I was young and whatnot, uh, and teenager. That's even wilder. <laughs> yeah. So that'd be for another story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So the Lord has been. I didn't know the Lord till I when I got adopted. That's mm-hmm. when I really knew the Lord, and I was adopted at nine. Okay. And when I went to, first went to church, I wasn't a seven day with then seven day Venice. I was a Baptist, a Methodist. Oh, okay, Methodist. And when I got married, I went to a Baptist. Okay. And uh, uh, my husband never went to church, and uh, so my mother that adopted me, she was secretary in the Methodist church. So we were at church every Sunday. Mm-hmm worked she paid me to help her do bulletin of the church and uh so that's when I first knew God because I went to Sunday school and all that and I was in my late 30s early 40s when I became a seven-day Adventist okay Mm and uh because I have cousins that's seven-day Adventist and uh, then most of them are the seven day events that believe that you still sacrifice the lamb. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That religion. Uh-huh. They're seven, they go on Saturday, mm-hmm. but they take a trip to Jerusalem every what year or whatever it is to sacrifice the lamb. Because mm-hmm. they don't believe, I guess, Jesus came yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> What would you say are pros and cons of marriage? Mm. <laughs> well, to, uh, I'm almost the wrong to ask. Because <laughs> like I said, uh, the, raise, the way I was raised, uh, I ate out garbage cans, lived in a cold house, uh, and never had a father mother to take care of me we me and my brother was home by ourselves uh 13 kids and uh so we weren't never taken care of i never knew what panties were till i got adopted and 
more or less took care of ourselves. Okay. So therefore I had all I knew uh, that um, all of us had different dads. We were in sets of two. And me and my younger brother had the same mother and father. The others had different mothers and fathers. And um, so uh, all I knew was after I got adopted and whatnot that uh, I would never let my kids go through stuff like that in their life. That I would always take care of them. And they could always depend on me. And that was my whole life and uh, goal in life. I wasn't really, I, I, when I was adopted <clears throat> and after I went, graduated, I went to art school and I got all A's and plus and I was offered a job in New York City. But I didn't have, I was, didn't have the um, belief in myself. So that's what I want you girls to always have a trust in yourself. <clears throat> no matter what it is, whether anybody believes you or not, you trust and believe in yourself. You let no one take that away from you. I don't care who they are. So I didn't have that belief in myself because it wasn't built into me. It wasn't taught to me or nothing. So even though I had a job because I was a good artist and still am and still can create, then I decided there's no black airline stewardess, so I'm going to be a black airline stewardess. And right then, uh, I, with my color being light and uh, whatnot, they accepted me. So I went to airline school to be a stewardess. So I passed that with flying colors. So I had a job in California to be a stewardess. But again, I wasn't sure of myself. I was scared and I wouldn't go. So that's why I uh, haven't, the, all jobs I've had was factory works in that stores and insurance and stuff like that because I didn't have the courage to step out. But yet still, I was smart enough to teach myself everything I wanted to know. And uh, so, uh, so uh, see, I have short-term memory now. I forgot what you asked me, the question. Pros and cons of marriage. Okay. Uh, the, uh, I would say marriage is for children. If you want children, I don't believe in having children without being married. Now, I believe in adopting children in marriage instead of having them. I believe hardly in adopting because there's so many of our black children that's in there 
20, 18, 17, 13, 12, 10 that need love and will need people. A lot of people say, I don't know what I'm getting. You don't know what you're getting when you have your own. All you have to do is look around to families that had kids and look how some of them killing their parents and all this stuff. So you don't know what's going to happen then, right? So they can check out the no, let you know if they're alcoholics, drug parents or whatever, you know, so that your kids could come here and you not you're not drug or alcoholic, but they ended up being that way. They end up being murderers or whatever. So I'm wholeheartedly for adoption and whatnot. Now, if you want your own children, that's why I think marriage is for. I don't believe in this uh, single going getting pregnant and having children because it's a lifetime commitment. It's not till they're 20, 21 is forever. So marriage to me is for that. Marriage, I say love, but your heart is deceitful. You can say, I love this person and think you love this person. You'll do anything and all that for that person, but it's not receptive. And then your love is going to be the dominant love and you're going to have to put up with any and everything. So I, uh, so I think love, marriage is what God wants us to but he wanted four children. Hmm. So if you decide you don't want to be committed to children, whatnot, then I don't feel you have to get married. Because what can you do being married that you can't do single? You can hold <laughs> hold on. That's Donna calling me again. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me. Uh, Decline this real quick. Okay, there we go. We're back. Uh, my buddy, she calls me every night. I wonder what the heck's going on. <laughs> but uh, now if you find somebody who meets all the qualifications that I told you about, mm-hmm. then that's a good marriage. But make sure they put God first. Mm-hmm. God should be before you. God should be before him. And that way you'll have a good marriage. But that's not a perfect marriage because he's human. You're human. So you're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to have to be, uh, do things that you don't want to do. You know, but that don't mean that you have to give up your life your history, your job, your all that. Mm-hmm. So marriage is for someone who accept all of that. Accept you as a person, not get rid of yourself and be what they want you to be. And you can't be go in, want him be what you want him to be and get rid of his self. The past is the past. You can't throw that up all the time. But you don't want a man who's got kids all over the place, been married or got girlfriends all scattered all over the place. 
You don't want that kind of man either because no, that man. brings a whole lot of drama. So I say marriage is important if that's what you want and what you're looking for in it. But you can live without marriage. And sex, some people think, oh, I got to be married because sex is the best thing and everybody talking about it, everybody wants it. <laughs> it's, it's five or three minutes of pleasure. Now, if it's outside of that, that's because they're doing other stuff to pleasure you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, which is good. Okay, but you'll run into men who don't care about your feelings or your pleasure. Mm. They get theirs and that's it. And then you're stuck in a marriage where you ain't enjoying sex either because they don't care nothing about it Mm -hmm. for you. They got theirs and that's it. Okay, so I say there's a lot to think about marriage and check on marriage and listen to what people are saying and what you hear. Don't quick to say they don't know what they're talking about or that's this, that's that. And go with your feelings because your feelings will quickly tell you "Mm -mm, something wrong. Listen to that. Okay. Okay. so marriage is good. But it's for what you want it to be. But you can live without it. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, thank you, Sister Isom, so much for coming on the podcast and just telling us how it is. Yeah, yeah. I believe in telling what it is and how it is and the truth. And uh, uh, it's not that I, you know, gets men or anything like that. I've just never thought it was necessary to give my whole self to a man because uh uh we're people Mm -hmm. uh you're going to be you'll never find nobody who uh there's always uh what i say a downfall here or there because they're human Mm -hmm. that so you have be extra extra careful to make sure you get that right man and I say, once you find that right man, I bet it's a beautiful thing. But I've never had that right man. And I personally never look for that right man. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. And now, for a long time, I'm just not interested. Because I'm not willing to sacrifice anything. Okay? Okay. Okie dokie. And I love you girls and feel free to ask me any questions or any help when you need it. And I also believe in you don't go broadcasting and telling everything you're asked or no. Okay. Okay. All righty. Okay. See y'all later. Oh, well, wait, Sister Isom, before you go. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I was having trouble getting out anyway. No, no problem. So. We have one last question that we ask all of our guests. And I know you kind of answered it, but just to, you know, end the podcast Mm -hmm. the same way. Um, Our question is, is marriage worth it? Uh, Like I said, it's worth it for children. If you want children, it's worth it. If you find that right man who will accept you for yourself and not to change you and to be your partner not your boss that's my answer 
All righty. And there you have it. Thank, oh, thank so you much. so much. You're welcome. And y'all have a great day. Night. You too. Have a good night. Okay. All right. Tell your mom I said hi. We oh, will. Yeah. Okay. Now, how I get out here? I'll, I'll put you out. It's not a problem. Okay, okay baby. All <laughs> You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Marriage Worth It. You can also email us at marriageworthit at gmail.com. I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And this has been Is Marriage Worth It?